0: My guest today join me to discuss U.S. domestic, economic, and foreign policy, with emphasis on the natural disaster in Haiti where humanitarian efforts continue in bringing order to thousands of lives affected by one of the worst tragedies in recent times. Congressman Lick Lampson of East Texas was a Democratic member of the U.S. House of Representatives from Texas's 9th Congressional District from 1997 to 2005. He's been long involved in the global climate change debate, chaired the House Science Subcommittee on Energy and Environment, and presented arguments and solutions to fossil fuel issues. He's also an advocate in supporting the importance of NASA and has in the past petitioned Congress to continue funding towards the, quote, "...maintaining of our nation's technological leadership in this field and providing an immediate and long-term economic stimulus for our nation's economy, contributing new jobs, industrial development and stimulus to struggling communities." Patrick O'Brien is CEO of Airtech Solutions, a Florida-based company, involved in the fight against cross-contamination of infectious diseases. His company works with experts to continue this mission in minimizing the effects of diseases, including MRSA, E. coli, and H1N1 flu, all prevalent, particularly in Haiti at the moment, where the spread of disease is of great concern to the security of the U.S. mainland. Their technology aspires to supporting the significant reduction of the spread of disease in the aftermath of Haiti's disaster. Congressman Lamson and Mr. O'Brien, good afternoon to you.
1: Good afternoon, David. It's a pleasure to join you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you, David. It is a pleasure.
0: Well, thank you, gentlemen. What I'd like to do, given that we have a lot to get through today, is uh, may I begin with you, uh, Congressman? Uh, would you just give us a, a very brief uh, overview of your work uh, uh, in Congress and your uh, position now?
2: Sure. I spent 10 years, uh, David, in the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, the dates that you mentioned from the 9th Congressional District, and then I was uh, uh, unelected uh, in in 2004 because of the redistricting saga that took place in Texas, if some of you remember uh, what went on then. But I went back two years later from District 22 in Texas. I moved to a different congressional district. And, uh, and tried to make a difference in, in, in creating a little more civility in our, in our government. And I succeeded in going back but was unable to hold what was a lopsidedly uh, imbalanced uh, political district I, I could not hold. But while I was in Congress, in all of the five terms that I was there, my committee assignments had to do with transportation and infrastructure and with science and technology. And in the end, I was chairman of the energy and environment subcommittee but also did a great deal of work I was uh, what they call ranking member on the uh, space and Aeronautics subcommittee in 1997 I founded the congressional caucus on missing and exploited children uh, that was a that's been a major passion of mine uh, for many many years and uh, that action on my part followed the uh, the death of a 12 year old little girl in my district. She had been abducted and murdered, and, uh, and her mangled body uh, was found in a, in a terrible way. And it, it moved me to want to do something in Congress. And what I succeeded in doing was creating the largest bipartisan issue based caucus in the House of Representatives at the time. And uh, in my last term, I also did some additional work to try to create bipartisanship by uh, working with Steve Israel. Uh, and a couple of other uh, gentlemen uh, from different places in the country to create or attempt to create a congressional caucus, uh, 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 what we call the Center Aisle Caucus, uh, which intended to bring Democrats and Republicans together because I firmly believe that if we don't stop the bickering that we have going on in our Congress, we're not going to be able to solve the problems that face our nation We truly have to make it about our people, not about our parties. Uh, Right now, uh, when I left the Congress, I uh, went to work for the International Center for Missing and Exploited Children as a policy advisor. I've also taken on some roles uh, uh, as, as, as pro bono members of boards of directors. I'm chairman of the board of an organization called Three View Search Services, which looks for missing children, missing people, and I'm also... Uh, an advisor on the board of directors of uh, the uh, Coalition for Space Exploration. I do some energy work as a consultant, and I enjoy my grandchildren. (laughs) So that pretty much brings you up to date, David.
0: Well, thank you, uh, Congressman. Um, Patrick O'Brien, CEO of AirTech Solutions. Uh, Could you, sir, give me uh, your background uh, briefly, and uh, also uh, just just talk about the uh, the innovation and the strategies that you're working with currently.
1: Okay. I'd, uh, I started out in the broadcast business uh, many years ago now, back in the early 70s. I was a television and radio newsman uh, after uh, graduating from Ithaca College and uh, worked in the news business for a number of years and then got interested in the advertising side of the industry and became uh, uh, a program producer uh, advertising seller uh... whatever you want to say to put together late night television in miami i had the opportunity to bring uh... tv to miami after midnight and i bought from midnight to six o'clock in the morning and we programmed uh... television sold the advertising uh... during the day and from that it led me into the advertising agency business and over the years from seventy four to Ninety-two. I was involved at high end of the advertising spectrum with a very large, well, the largest agency out of Florida and did a, a number of accounts like the Florida Keys and Key West, the Port of Miami, um, Durrell Properties, uh, just to name a few. And uh, it worked also for a short time with uh, Burger King Corporation and was stolen away by our David Thomas to do the Wendy's where's the beef campaign that many people uh, remember. So it's been a a long career in in the advertising and and news business. But uh, about 10 years ago, my wife and I, um, she had had a rollover accident. And it was going to lay her up for a long time. It was almost a year and a half of recovery. And when we got done with it, we had both lost our jobs. She being a a librarian, in, uh, in uh, uh, assistant librarian in uh, Orlando. After 13 years, uh, she didn't have enough time to recover, and they literally fired her. And I had lost what I was doing uh, because of uh, uh, taking time with her. So we sat one day and said, um, we got to do something. And we had both been making good money, and we decided that we would start a business of our own and we went and looked at a, a report called the Battle report it comes out every 10 years and we looked there to see what is the public going to want over the next 10 years and we looked at it and number one on the list was indoor air purification so we um, found and looked at a number of companies and got involved with selling air purification first in residential, and then we graduated into commercial uh, in 90, or in 2004. I got into the mold business and uh, found that the air purification that we were using would also eliminate mold. So we were working with uh, Katrina and the hurricanes that happened here in Florida. And we kept building, and the organization started building to the place where I said, "I've got to turn this into a corporation." And we formed Airtech Solutions for You, the number four dot uh, com. And uh, Airtech Solutions for You is a, a company that uh, took and used a lot of different technologies to improve indoor air quality. And at the same time, we then decided that we needed to look for surface protection because things like MRSA and C. diff and uh, other viruses, now we've got the H1N1, were starting to come out, and, and uh, they were remaining on surfaces. So we found a, uh, everybody uses a disinfectant. We found not only a disinfectant, but we found a, an, a protectant product. And this protectant product would, once you applied it, it could last for years without having to apply it again, just depending on the amount of touch points, and it would reduce the the, um, the amount of germs that would be on the surface to 98%, what we call food safe, and we could maintain it. All you had to do is just use clear, uh, purified water, wipe down uh, the surface, and it would stay that way. And we had many... Um, that would go for uh, many now that we've tracked for almost four years with this product. So we were we added the disinfectant, we added the protectant product, we had the air purification, and now our company is also getting into the mosquito business. We found a product that has a long residual action. It's uh, coming out. It has approved uh, research behind it. Uh, it was a patent that was just purchased by another company and they're adding it with another product. And we can now eliminate mosquitoes, both larvae and adult mosquitoes, by 85%.
0: And you have about, you have about 15 seconds left, Pat.
1: Okay. And we, uh, basically what we do is uh, uh, we use helicopters now to spray it in, uh, like in Haiti, we're going to do 100 square miles of eliminating mosquitoes and germs.
0: Congressman, uh, could I ask you um, to get into the, uh, the, the crux of the, the program here? Could you give me a brief overview or reaction to American culture today? What is America facing today in the whole area of uh, economic policy, uh, cultural affairs, um, uh, social issues and, and also foreign policy?
2: Well, David, that is a huge, huge question, uh, and I've given it some, some thought. I don't know if I've got a good answer, but we are at another of the crossroads, in my opinion, uh, uh... within our country and uh, i'm hoping that we make good positive decisions uh... i'm not sure although i have my speculation on how we got to where we are today i think that if we don't begin to recognize some of the difficult spots that we are in uh... then we're going to lose the ability to fix the problems that we are facing Uh, obviously the biggest situation that we have is economic with the amount of debt that we have, twelve and a half trillion, and climbing awfully fast, uh, uh, without us recognizing what that's going to do to us in the long run, uh, we could do extremely serious uh, harm uh, to our uh, to, to to ourselves. So it's my hope that we will stop teaching this public in this nation to distrust its government uh, and and to for us all to recognize that we are in a boat and the boat's got a hole in it, if we don't start bailing together, then the whole boat with all of us in it will sink. And that means to me, doing the things that this gentleman named David Walker, who used to be the Comptroller General of the United States, uh, said that we must put everything on the table to solve our economic uh, uh, crisis that, that we are facing. And it means consideration for further cuts in our spending plan uh, greater economic activity and even uh, and, and even paying our debt with taxes if it 's necessary, but that we 've got to get control of our financial situation very quickly. Can, I, can, can my, I? my best uh, answer to that question right now, David.
0: Could I, could I ask this, Congressman? Uh, should we be looking backwards now and drawing a line and seeing where the Founding Fathers' um, main premise was for this country in terms of the way that the, the government works, uh, that the governments in, is, are, are to an extent hands-off in, in providing that, that uh, free enterprise? Isn't that, after all, what the Founding Fathers were looking for?
2: I think what we... What we need to do, as far as the Founding Fathers are concerned, is to look at how we make decisions in this country. They intended for us to have legitimate, respectful debate and compromise and come to conclusions as best we could uh, and go forward, and then, if necessary, come back and revisit those situations. What we have done is reached a point where there is so little civility that we cannot sit down around a table with differing ideas and put those ideas out for consideration and work to make a strong idea out of, out of the differing uh, positions. I think that somehow we've got to find ourselves back into civil debate. That means that we've got to have people that come from our communities who can truly be called statesmen who are willing to put uh get themselves and their power and their own greed for, for whatever reason that they may be uh, serving uh, out of the picture and look and see what's best for the United States of America and i believe then that the questions that you raise of whether or not we are uh, adequately taking care of ourselves uh, with with the economic philosophy that that we follow, our own independence such as that, I think those things will take care of themselves.
0: Well gentlemen this becomes an open debate uh, now Uh, Mr. O'Brien, Congressman uh, what I'd like to do is follow that up by responding uh, you know, are are we looking in in that, are we looking at a degradation in the whole idea of a democracy, It, it started as a republic that is based around the rule of law in, in, in running a uh, free enterprise, free society. Is a democracy as it stands today not really a democracy
2: anymore? I, I think that we have always been a, a, a democratic republic. So if you consider what democracy really and truly means with everyone uh, having a say, it seems almost as if we may be attempting to be more democratic today uh, than we have been uh, over over time. Our representative form of government requires participation at the neighborhood uh, and, and in our community level. If we get to a point where every individual gets to express his or her concern directly, internet whatever uh, whatever the form of media that, that may be there, instead of through representatives who are meeting with those people, listening to what's on their minds, and then carrying those thoughts forward to, uh, to the bodies where, where real uh, debate, uh, much more in-depth debate uh, comes then I think that that we may be in in, in some peril. And it certainly is a change from what we have had over time.
0: So it would be sensible to to say that we're rather partisan at the moment. Uh, (laughs) After (laughs) after all, um, is it not the danger that the actual uh, people of the country will lose faith? Uh, uh, not only in central government but also uh, in local government. Um, Is there any strategy there to to pull this back so that that people have more faith in what is occurring um, on Capitol Hill?
1: David, can I, uh, if I um, I could, as a small businessman, I've got to say that the uncertainty that we have going in, I'm about ready to expand my business uh, to a... Uh, more than I'd really imagined uh, that it would go. And it has been so long now, it seems like a year, two years, three years of uncertainty, that the trust factor in our government right now is going down. A small business guy trying to uh, create something now is uh, really in competition with not just the guy down the street that's trying to do what he's doing, But he's in competition with the government as well, and every other government that seems to be in this universe. We have outsourced so many uh, responsibilities that should have been uh, actually ours to make the decision on. And I think that when, uh, for example, this health care bill that uh, just came out, when you look at the figures of the number of Americans that were opposed to it, and yet it was slam-dunked and passed. And the business guy that is out there, the small business guy, is looking at, for the next four years, he's going to be paying for this, uh, and there's, there's not really going to be any real coverage. Now, people can take the position, well, the facts aren't going out properly. It's more than that. It's what the American public wants. It's as if our government, our representatives, are not representing us. They're representing their parties. And that, to me, is, I think, exactly what the congressman has just said, that we've got to be able to have both sides of the aisle chatting and get a middle ground. And the middle ground seems to be going farther to the left every day
2: how did we get here does anybody have any conjecture on what took place to bring us to the point where uh we, where we, we we no longer have that uh that debate we seem to be more interested today in sensationalism uh and and Uh, And and we're pushing polarizing our country. We're pushing people to the polls as opposed to pulling them to the middle to find common ground uh, on these issues. Uh, I have my speculation. I believe that because we changed antitrust laws in this country in 1986 specifically, it made it possible for very few people to own, as one example, very much media. Uh, a good example of that is clear channel radio that owns 1400 radio stations across the united states of america they have the ability to craft a message and put that message out to huge numbers of people most of, of america and with one message coming from one place there were two other things that changed uh that changed the way the public gets its information today one is truth in advertising, and another is equal time. And with those changes, it's made it possible, some good and some bad, Uh, it's made it possible for uh, radio and TV talk shows to become more about entertainment in giving people the news and consequently teaching them to distrust the government uh, than, than what I felt has been in place. Before.
0: Could I ask you, Congressman, uh, you had used the word greed uh, earlier in the discussion. Uh, it, it, that's clearly a, a large part of the reason that we are where we are today.
2: Oh, I, I, I truly believe that, that that's the case. Uh, we are a greedy people. I think the world has become more so. Uh, we, uh, we are uh, after everything that we can possibly do for ourselves to, to move ourselves financially uh, uh, higher up. I think that we do not, uh, uh, how can I say this? Uh, we, I don't believe that we follow, uh, all of what many of us in, uh, in our, our churches, uh, so many of our churches and synagogues and even mosques to give to others, take care of, of, of others. Great. us over time. Uh, I do not think that we do that in the manner in which our parents, my parents, particularly, uh, did uh, in times past.
0: Well, would would that not then uh, define the disintegration of a democracy? With all that said.
2: Can you explain? How
0: do you mean? Well, a democracy is is, uh, a a fundamental step up from a republic, I I guess, uh, a modernization of a republic. Uh, The the founding fathers, if you look back um, at the Federalist Papers, they actually indicated that they did not want a a democracy, that they would rather have a republic that is ruled by law. Um, And everything that we're talking about uh, in terms of greed, in terms of placing uh, uh, money into... um, Few pockets, as it were, uh, and really eradicating the middle classes of America suggests that it's less a democracy and more of an oligarchy. Would that would that go over well with you? Would that be a good summarization, or do you think that that is?
2: uh, Um, I I don't know if I'll put it in those categories. I can certainly say this: the way that we are allowing corporations and corporate money to influence politics today, and consequently the policy of our nation, uh, has brought us to a, a dangerous. A dangerous place. Uh, I do not believe that the average citizen has anywhere near the clout with their representatives, as do uh, as does corporate America have with, with our representatives. And then if you look and see the way parties have actually drawn lines for congressional districts, as an example, uh, and packing them heavily Democratic and, hef- and, 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 and heavily Republican, uh, we now have a situation where uh, where the representatives are picking their constituents as opposed to the constituents picking their representatives. And again, I think that's another example of moving away from the kind of democratic republic that we have experienced and, and, uh, and, and grown up with. Uh, for a very long time in,
0: in moving on, gentlemen, uh, Mr O 'Brien, could I go to you, sir? Um, you are heavily involved in technology uh, with uh, your work and your company. Uh, the United States, it seems to me has has led the way. Uh, in, in this world over the last 50 years in scientific discovery, R&D, innovation. Um, how are we going to be able to maintain that, uh, do you feel, in your opinion, that we, we can still lead the world in that over uh, the Asian countries, the Asian rim, and, and Europe?
1: I'll tell you, it's, it's a battle. Um, I think it's, it's not just, there's not the entrepreneurial spirit. That seems to have been broken by Uh, the big corporations and the outsourcing to where the guy that has the new invention today has such a difficult time in trying to bring it to market. And as he's about ready to get it to market, somebody winds up cutting it out from underneath him, and it winds up being manufactured in the Orient, or he has to do it uh, in order to be competitive with the Orient. You know, not just picking on, on Asia, but that's where a lot of the, the trouble back and forth is. And a lot of that is because of, and I may have a problem with the congressman on this one, but I believe that the unions have been very uh, um, dominant in, in in actually sucking the life's blood out of private corporations, out of young businesses. And there's, uh, um, when you keep paying down the debt, like the cars, for example, of being 1500 to $1,900 more, and because of the union labor uh, payouts, as opposed to an Asian car, uh, that was that much less, and where the quality uh, was that much better, it, it is why um, the American car companies got into trouble. I I think there's a um I think we've got to take a look at I just saw for example we're talk, we're talking about Haiti there's a major meeting that's going to happen with the the union uh, leaders from all over the planet in the Dominican Republic to get involved with the rebuilding of Haiti well you know that's that is I think just where it's got to stop. I mean, that, that's, we can't even find the money that's there and it's being held until, what, the union bosses decide that they want to release it to, be, uh, uh, to start rebuilding these homes? I, I, I think there's a serious problem uh, with that. And uh, now with insurance costs, the, you know, the, the piling on of a new business trying to start up, unless that can somehow slow down and that the money actually is there before it's spent, uh, I, I, I see us in, in very serious problems. And that's why we have... Pat, there should be
2: balance in that. I, let, me, let me at least put, put that there. I, I would hope that if we, if we get things too much out of balance, then we're going to do ourselves just as much harm. We're not going to fix our problems. So maybe if the, if the, uh, if, if the unions have gotten too much power over time, perhaps the pendulum swings and gives the corporations too much power over time. So if we can find balance, uh so that our communities come first so that we are looking at uh at, at ways that small businesses can indeed succeed uh do have the opportunity to employ the people that they're wanting to employ and and have the and that we need 70% of the new 70% of uh, of the workers in this country working companies that have only a only a handful of, of employees so small business is critically important to us yet it seems to be that the significant amount of money that's involved in influencing decisions by the government is coming from those huge corporations that seem to have amassed an unbelievable amount of wealth
0: what uh, w- would that suggest uh, congressman that the it, really this country is being led by the what I call the corporate mansions, more, more than it is by the people and the government?
2: I think that's happening today. I, I think that because of the way we have created our politics, uh, we have allowed corporations a uh, and, to some extent, unions, uh, Pat, I'll give, I'll, I'll give you that, to have a disproportionate amount of strength with their, with their money, than the average citizen does. The citizens don't know how to how to congregate anymore, how to get together and go and and have uh, uh, real uh, uh, real debate. I love this. I don't know if y'all have heard of these little uh, the coffee party that came up to, 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 as an answer to the tea party. Uh, the tea party was. Uh, 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 popping up and and getting some strength around and having rallies, and then there was a group of people that says, well, wait a minute, why don't we calm down and have respectful debate over coffee? And I think that we've got to let people know again that their voice counts, that if enough of them will meet together and understand issues, that they can have an impact on where that debate goes. Then. You will begin to see the diminishing again of the uh, of the corporate strength, and I think that's when the people uh, really take hold again, which is what we must have. Congressman
1: I, I drink both coffee and tea, and, and to me, that's <laughs> oh, American. And I think that's what we've we've lost. Uh, we've allowed we've allowed the government on both sides of the aisle to run amok, uh, and that the American public. I do believe in this next election you'll see them standing up whether they're drinking coffee or tea.
0: May I interrupt there, gentlemen, and just move on to healthcare. Um, Maybe, uh, Congressman, you could respond to this first healthcare obviously uh, we're moving into a different era here uh, is is what is your position on this healthcare um uh, issue that that has that, that has come up now what is your position on this do you think that this is a good sign or do you think possibly we're following in a european direction uh, as far as uh, uh, socializing healthcare utilities car manufacturing uh, what what is your position on that
2: First of all, I do not believe that we are following in the footsteps of, of Europe and that we will have what so many people see as, quote, socialized medicine, unquote. Uh, I saw some very good examples of uh, of new responses to health care. Uh, there was, for example, within just a very short distance of my home in district the in Congressional District 22 uh, on the south side of, of Houston, a group of physicians who made a deal with an insurance company uh, to uh, to, uh, be paid more money to keep their patients well and fit than they would be paid if their patients were sick and they had to treat them. And everybody was loving that innovative way to approach medicine. The patients had 100% 100% access to the doctors whenever they wanted them. If there was a healthcare prof- question that they had in their mind, they would be able to see a healthcare professional anytime they wanted to walk into that office with or without a phone call or an appointment. Uh, the doctors were making enough money to be happy with, and the insurance company was making enough money to be happy with. So it was a win-win-win. And I think that if we see more access to neighborhood treatment of problems, uh, and, and get away from the situation where most of the people, not most, many, many, many millions, tens of millions of people, when they get sick, only turn to the emergency room where you and I have to pay the bill through higher taxes and higher insurance premiums. I think we were hurting ourselves so badly with that system that we had to make some kind of change. And I just hope and pray that we will look for the good parts of this legislation and is it, try to implement it in a positive way for us and then work on those negative things that, sh- that prove not to be worthwhile and see if we can't get them fixed before they go into effect.
0: It is, it is perhaps nevertheless bad timing in some ways when you have such a massive deficit, you have unemployment problems. Uh, do you think that that's going to counter those benefits that could come out of it in the short term?
2: I think that we're going to spend less money with this system than we, than, than, than more. First of all, healthcare is going up. So regardless of what we had done, we were going to spend more money on healthcare. First, the first, the, the, the first thing that I looked at in this debate was what's happening with people uh, who are uninsured. Where do they go for their care? They go to emergency rooms. Emergency rooms become the neighborhood clinic for the for for the indigent and the neighborhood clinic for those who have less than the best uh, insurance, and when they go there and fail to pay for the twenty five and fifty thousand dollar tests, then the people that do pay for it in an unplanned way is you and me, those people who do pay their taxes in a, in a timely uh, in a timely way and so without uh, without addressing that we we would have seen continuously increasing health care bills overall, and this at least gives us an opportunity to see that we can begin to curb some of these costs and control it a little bit better. Uh, I would love to see more... Participation and development of, 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 clinics like what the Catholic Church did, uh, a hundred years ago and starting to build, uh, hospitals and providing for care so that they didn't charge for very oftentimes. Uh, we know that there, uh, are others that are doing that today in our society. Uh, for heaven's sake, I'm, I'm familiar with, with, uh, two, uh, Islamic, uh, healthcare clinics providing free care to anybody who walks in the door, regardless of their religion. Both of those clinics opened in Houston, Texas last well, uh, three over the last three years, two to three years. Uh, you know, we need to respond as a community to what some of our problems are, and maybe that will relieve some of the pressure that we have on our health care system.
0: Pat O'Brien, would you like to respond to that?
1: Only uh, the thing that I think there were a number of things on the table that didn't get into it, like, for example, opening up the... Uh, cross-state-line insurance uh, opportunities that could have come. Um, There's still going to be some 30 million people who don't have insurance today that somebody is going to have to pay for that insurance. And I understand exactly what the congressman is saying. Uh, The other side of it is these uh, poor doctors are put in a situation where in order to cover their tails, They have to do many tests, because if they wind up in court um, and didn't do one of the tests, they're going to be uh, in a malpractice situation. Uh, Why not go after that tort reform? Uh, Some of the things just didn't seem to get into the bill. Some of the messages didn't get in, and there were a number of opportunities uh, to be able to compromise, to go across the aisle. Uh, With some very good ideas that never hit the bill. And I think the public feels now that the health care program, as good as it might be, and I'm not saying it is or it isn't, as good as it might be, it was jammed down the throats of Americans that when you looked at the polls at the time that it was voted on was very unpopular. That's not representing me. I, you know, it, it's man,
2: That's the way I look at it. I look, I, I have to agree with what with some of what Pat is saying. Uh, as far as jamming it down the throats of America, that's been happening for the last many years. That's the way we do things now. Unfortunately, yeah, but that's, uh, of our, but that's regardless of who's in power. But, but keep keep in mind something that happened in two thousand and three. We passed a piece of legislation that was called the Patients' Bill of Rights it was a uh, a a a piece of legislation that passed the house by an almost 3 to 1 margin and uh, it included the TARC reform uh, of, uh, that you mentioned Pat but was acceptable to to those who typically would be opposed to TARC reform because it was a compromise it included restrictions on insurance companies but it was acceptable because it came as a part of a compromise and it included greater restrictions but at the same time greater access to health care professionals it wasn't great but it was acceptable to those because it came as a part of a compromise and look what happened to that bill that passed with bipartisan true bipartisan support the lobby of primarily insurance companies came in and prohibited its passage by, uh, by by convincing the leadership of the House of Representatives at the time to appoint only people who voted against that legislation to be on the conference committee and consequently it never came out of the conference committee uh, it, it was a It was a failure it was dead from the uh, from from the beginning.
0: So
2: could, if, could, could I, could back I, to that debate <clears throat> we can solve our problems.
0: Could I ask though uh, Congressman, are we not living a fairy tale at the moment? If we have a, tr- a 12 trillion deficit, how on earth is a health care reform going to work as it is perhaps under a good econ- economic conditions but how is it going to work at the moment when Frankly, the, the economy and the, the, the state of the country is in such an appalling mess.
2: Well we 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 started the conversation out with, with our with our fiscal health being 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 terrible. Uh, we are a sick country right now, and if we don't address those uh, those problems uh, differently than what we have been, then we're going to get worse and worse and worse off. Supposedly, I, and I I've been out now for a year and a half, and I and I didn't pay all of the close attention to this stuff, but supposedly uh, we will see uh, uh, we will see the deficit come down cause of this legislation, not get worse. The group of, of Democrats, the blue dog Democrats, the fiscal conservatives on the Democratic Party, insisted that there be a pay-as-you-go, a pay-go program uh, with, with, within that legislation. That was one of the things that they were, that they supposedly won on. And so addressing that and making sure that we don't continue to borrow and borrow and borrow and borrow. Is the only way that we're going to survive uh, this thing. We have to pay our way and stop borrowing from other nations and borrowing from our children.
0: Could I um, act uh, take that and act as a segue into the, the, the final and probably most important part of the program? Our uh, foreign policy, our support abroad, um, particularly with Haiti, I think it's a very uh, big issue. It remains uh, to be so. Um, uh, Pat O'Brien, could I ask you, sir, to to, uh, begin this with your uh, opinion of where Haiti is, what we should be doing as a country, if indeed we should be doing anything at this stage, given our own crisis in this country?
1: Well, again, America has always been and always will be the most giving country uh, on the planet. And when we've got a, a situation that's just 750 miles off from our shores, that uh, you've got um, 200,000 dead uh, or more. You've got 100,000 that tonight have no shelter, no water, very little food. Um, you know, you, we can't, as Americans, let that go by. We have to do something. The problem that seems to be occurring is that the, uh, the money has been raised. It has been raised, and they did. Uh, I, I think uh, what is the name of the uh, actor that was involved with the CB, uh, CBS program where they raised all that money? Um, he was asking questions. Where did the money go? Um, I the, the money has been. There's some fifty-three billion dollars that we can track at this point that has been raised for Haiti. Yes. Our people, and especially Congressman Lampson, who is trying to help in Haiti right now, is talking to the mayors of port um, au prince and is finding out that the money is not getting there. Where is it? And everybody seems to be asking the same question. The U.N. has committed um, some uh, $5 billion, uh, between 5 and $10 billion have been committed over the next five years out of the U.N. countries. But yet, none of that money has been released as far as we can find.
0: Congressman, Congressman, could I have your response to that, if I may?
2: I totally agree with what Pat just said. Uh, we we do not understand why there is so much bureaucracy within the charitable organizations that have pulled together uh, funding. We understand that there has been more than half a billion dollars given <laughs> By the good citizens of the United States of America to charitable organizations, and little of that money has been seen working in haiti I mean, there 's something wrong with that where, I don't where, know. Where,
0: where would that suggest that it's that it 's actually gone or where it's residing, it 's uh, residing congressman
2: it's probably residing either in in, in administrative fees uh, applied by the charities that have raised them or it 's still sitting in their bank accounts. Um, uh... without having gone uh... into the the programs that are uh, that people are pleading to implement uh... my own charitable organization preview search services uh... has been ready to go with a proposal that uh... that pat has helped put together uh... to 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 provide some of the de- uh, detoxification which we think the disease is going to be rampant over there because there's so many uh deaths uh, in dead people that have been uh, yet to be uncovered uh, and, and, uh, and and cleaned up. But if we don't see a movement of those funds, then it's probably appropriate to have the people in Haiti wonder what's happened to the money that the people of America said that they were uh, sending over here as gifts, not tax dollars, but as gifts raised in charitable organizations.
0: Could, could I could I just follow that up, Congressman? I mean, that would suggest that this is not exactly this country's finest hour, is it? If, if that is the case, uh, there doesn't well. seem to be any accountability over the funding through charities. Uh, there's a, a definite question over the funding uh, from the from the government uh, in, in trying to rescue the economy. Is this pointing to a larger moral and, and ethical uh, um, incapability that we have in this country right now?
2: Well. Uh, I think it goes back to what we said real early on, David. We're a greedy nation, and I'm not so sure I understand all of what happens. But at the same time that we have greed among some, we have, we're we still a wonderful, giving nation. Uh, I mean, so many people responded to the needs in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. So many people responded to the needs in Haiti after the earthquake in, in, in January. I mean, they gave some reports, say, as much as $800 million dollars. Uh, That's a huge amount of money, and for the people to give it and believing that that money is going to be used for good, uh, one, to be commendable, and then you have to question those charities that have not moved that money in such a way as to allow the people... Uh, to whom it was intended to go and to benefit, uh, to have the, to have that benefit. And I was so- and
0: I was going to suggest, Congressman, uh, that that perhaps then we have rather a paradox here. That as much as uh, uh, Pat O'Brien certainly indicates that we are a very giving nation, that is our history. Uh, right now, we're, we're not suggesting that if all these funds are tied up and essentially we have. Many, many tens of thousands of people over in Haiti who are standing there uh, in in uh, in what they wear and nothing else. Uh, is there no action with the government uh, to uh, override these NGOs to override uh, the the charitable organisations and to take care of this?
2: Not that I have, uh, not that I know about. Uh, I do know that the government has made a decision following the meeting at the, with the United Nations. What last? Week, I believe it was last week, uh, where our government will be giving, uh, as a as a worldwide uh, part of response to, the, to their to their plea, about a billion dollars. And my guess is that in time, much of the money that has been uh, that has been given by the citizens of the United States for, for, through charities will ultimately find its way down to make a difference for for the people of Haiti. But no, I don't know of any any. Uh, government led investigation uh to try to find out what uh what, what has happened or to even change requirements that uh, uh, that that wouldn't that would prevent charities from being able to hold this money in the way that they uh
0: the way they seem to be doing. It, uh, does that not suggest a complete failure on the part of the government uh, when the people of the United States have, have raised so much funding for this, uh, for this well, poor country?
2: I, again, how much is the responsibility on the part of, uh, of the government? If we're, we need to take some responsibility as citizens.
0: Yes, but, it, uh, it, but, but surely the government is a regulatory body that is designed to look after the citizens with as little intervention as possible, allowing them to have the freedom that they do in this country. But nevertheless, it's... Is it not a lead-by example here that the government should lead?
2: The government is going to lead in giving about a billion dollars uh, to the Haiti uh, activity. It's my hope that we will see other people step up very quickly and begin to question uh, what has happened with much of this money. And if it happens to the government, then I would hope that those those committees in Congress – uh, both the House and the Senate would act, uh, and do exactly what, what you are asking about right now. Raise the questions necessary to make these organizations and those responsible for those organizations to step up and express exactly the reasons, uh, an explanation about what has happened to the money that the people of, uh, of, of our nation, uh, gave to the citizens of, of Haiti and why it's not there. They do need housing. Uh, and, uh, review search services. Uh, as, 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 one organization that, uh, has not, uh, we have, the money that has been spent there has mostly been investigatory at this, at this point. Uh, it's all been our own personal money. Uh, we have not, uh, we have not been given money to, to go over to provide services. And it's my hope that it's these kinds of charities that have good plans, uh, and plans that have already been accepted by, by leaders within Haiti that these things will be funded uh, and, uh, and, and that people will be a little bit more conscious. Don't take the easy way out and give to the first charity that says, send us money. Find out exactly how the money is going to be used, what percent of that money is going to go for administration, and what percent of the money will actually get all the way down to the person that you would like to intend for it to be used by.
1: Now, I've got to uh, compliment the uh, congressmen. Uh, they aren't in that business of shelter, but got in the business of uh, shelter. There's some sitting right at the Port of Miami ready to be shipped right now that the congressman has arranged. I've worked with a number of um, people that are in the building industry uh, that can put up uh, four men, can put up two houses per day of 1,000 square feet. Uh, they're ready to go to work. But without the funds being released, it's just not going to happen. And uh, these people are going through rains now. We've already The rainy season was three weeks early. The mosquito population, Miami Campbell, uh, just announced uh, about a week ago that uh, she wasn't going to go down there. Her people advised her not to go down there to entertain. Well, a lot of rescuers are not going to go down there uh, any longer. You know, doctors aren't going to want to go down there. The malaria has uh, and the dengue um, uh, fever has risen so quickly uh, that people are going to become afraid to go into Haiti to help them. Without and it's my guess that cholera
2: well. is going to be coming along. And Pat has a solution, but we've, but we've not been able to get the wherewithal yet to be able to implement his solution there. As the rains come and and water washes through these buildings that collapsed on, on the tops of thousands of bodies and those bodies deteriorate and disease spreads from it, whether it's cholera, whether it's E. coli, whether it's any number of kinds of things that could easily uh, spread, uh, the water will run through the streets. Uh, that water going through the streets is going to contaminate contaminate uh, everything around where the people are, and uh, there's no, almost no way, in my opinion, how they can avoid serious uh, illnesses uh, that are going to be coming over the course of the next weeks and months unless there is a way to get in there and, de- and begin to decontaminate areas of the land, decontaminate the buildings that they're, uh, that they're trying to clean up. Uh, and the many other things. People like Pat O'Brien have a solution, but we need to help to be able to implement that solution in an effective, quick manner.
0: And, and I, I may be terribly naive here, so forgive me. But for goodness sake, we're talking about people's lives here. Is there no way that somebody can be given a, 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 a very uh, sh- big kick somewhere and told that there are organizations like this that are ready and waiting to go down there? Because it, it, Would I be correct in saying, Mr. O'Brien, that if we do not do this, then there is a huge uh, risk of this disease hitting the mainland of the United States? There's
1: no, there's no question. That it's going to happen. There's no question. And matter of fact, there are some cases already that are happening. Um, it, it's not widely reported yet, but it is already happening, and it can't help but happen. And not only that, many of the initial rescue workers are coming down with malaria. Uh, that's a horrible thing. I, I lived with my father that had malaria uh, from World War II. Um, constant sweats. Not. I mean, it, it's it's a horrible uh, disease. And it's preventable. And, you know, same thing with the hospitals, to get back to health care here. Um, the healthcare's uh, they're just now using disinfectants every day, disinfectants. And the germs uh, get around those disinfectants. They get used to them. They become food. They make them stronger. And the protectant product that we have, uh, we've used it in many different health situations. And we keep that disease down. Do you know how many millions of dollars we get? The government is fighting us, and where that fight is coming from is out of the pharmaceutical companies. Why is the pharmaceutical companies fighting us? Because they don't want healthy people. And it's the same thing here with what we're up against. Uh, If you don't have, if you've got all healthy people, well, then there's no business uh, for the pharmaceutical companies. Well, the same situation is down here. There are solutions, and we've done all of the paperwork through Haiti. Everything that was necessary there, Congressman Lampson made um, a lot of those arrangements. Uh, And we've also done it through the UN, through another team of people that we have working on this project. And it's high up in the UN, and yet there's no action. We don't understand it. We have done everything that anybody has asked of us, and and, uh, and yet the money is still not released.
0: Congressman, could I ask you in the last uh, two or three minutes of the program uh, what it is that you could feel could be done uh, to um, unlock this situation, uh, perhaps by yourself and others, um, to, to to get through these channels to make an effective change very swiftly?
2: Well, one thing is for people to be aware, and you're helping with that, David, and we appreciate you very much uh, in doing so. And as they become aware that money that oftentimes they may have given themselves, uh, they need to be asking questions about it. Uh, begin to hold accountable the people that we have trusted or interested to be able to uh, take the resources that we provide to help those that we want to help. Uh, if they'll just ask the questions, if they'll write letters to the editor of their newspapers, if they'll get online and, 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 and communicate, if they will call in to people like you who talk about these uh, these things uh, and, and people across the country uh, hear uh, this, this, this discussion, if they will scrutinize the organizations to whom they give the money uh, and see to it that when they do give that the administrative fees are explained and what percentage they are. If 15 or 20 percent of, of an organization of the money that they raise is going to go to only administration and it's going to be passed on to another set of charities, then maybe you want to look and see if you can give it directly to the charity uh, and bypass the loss of that 15 or 20 percent. Because if only half of the money that we give gets to the hands of the people, then we're making a mistake. Three View Search Services, if someone wants to look, you can go there and at, uh, go to the website, free. it's 3vss.org, 3vss.org and get some information about what Pat O'Brien is doing, what uh, Sean Hennedy, uh, who is the founder of this uh, search organization, is doing and what we want to do in Haiti. Uh, involvement and knowledge uh awareness speaking out uh, on these things will change the way we do business uh David and I hope that we uh, hope we do so uh, very quickly and we have that. good solutions ready to go into Haiti we can provide more than a half million square feet of uh of living a uh, uh, passable living uh, area that gets them out from underneath the plastic papers that they are uh living under right now and, uh, and and have some semblance of of uh weather uh, proofing we want to provide the de- uh, the decontamination uh that is ready and available today to ship but we need the funding necessary to do it with uh, we want to be able to provide the other kinds of hygiene that's necessary when i was there i saw people bathing in the street i saw children playing in the gutters i saw a uh, a a decomposed body almost a skeleton literally in the gutter with people within feet of there and just walking by as if nothing had happened
0: could uh, i could i could i just interrupt for one second congressman in the in the last minute if there was one thing that you could say to the government right now to to make this happen today for the sake of human beings over there what what would be your message sir
2: I, I would I would hope that someone would take the time to uh, uh, to do a little bit of, of uh, research on these charities and force them to uh, be accountable for every penny that they have uh, that they have raised and to make sure that their administrative fees uh, are are minimal and that we stop having so many layers of, of organizations. That that's something that can be done uh, through oversight committees in Congress. Uh, and it's a place that the government can make a difference and make a difference immediately.
1: Call them like you would your congressman and your senator. Do the sure. same thing with your charities.
0: Congressman Lamson, Patrick O'Brien from Mayor Tech Solutions, I thank you so much for being on the program today.
2: Thank you for having us, David. It's been a pleasure. really has. Thank you, David. Thank and, you, Congressman. And You're to, welcome. Nice to talk with you, Pat. Uh, let's okay. do this again.
0: And to our listeners, I hope that you have enjoyed this program as much as I have. If you need this uh, information on this or any other program in the series, uh, visit davidgibbons.org, meanwhile, wherever you are in the world. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. David Gibbons in discussion welcomes listeners' comments and viewpoints at its blog at davidgibbons.org. This programming is supported by organizations and firms in the private and public sectors.